Hello and welcome. What's up, everyone? Almost 30. It's us. It's us. <laughs> it's your girls, Chrissy Chris. <laughs> and Lindsay Lou. It's your girl, Chrissy Chris. Dude, in high school, they call me Krispy Kreme. So it's your girl, Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Coming at you. And Lucy Goosey and Lindsay. Lucy, Lucy, skanky Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, oh my God, well. Anna, I think you should leave. Uh, so Anna, I think you should leave. It's so funny on Netflix. It's oh, by okay. Tim Robinson. And one of the sketches is two girls and they have like pictures of them. They're like, okay, we have to post it. And because it's a cute photo, we have to be self-deprecating. <laughs> so they're like, they post it. They're like, look at these two fat ass pigs. <laughs> and they go on and they make the captions like super, super aggressive. It is so hilarious. I love it. Oh, it's an art. The caption is an art. The caption is an art. The caption is so <laughs> stupid. I'm, I, my dream is to be one of those girls that's like so pretty and fashionable that I could put like a sparkle and everyone's like, yes, oh, queen. Man. Oh my God, you're the best. Instead, I'm like fucking literally pouring out my heart. I'm like, I what's mean. the deepest thing that I could share? People appreciate that. People love that. They I love guess. it. I've been like a one sentencer lately and I'm like, all right, Lens. People um, like a one sentence though. <laughs> Easy to read. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, yeah, whatever. There's been one time where I wrote this, it was a brown post and I wrote a caption that wasn't what I wanted to say, but I didn't feel like what I wanted to say was too personal. So I actually couldn't say what I wanted to say and the caption like didn't even really translate. And I was like, oh, this is bombing because I'm not (laughs) saying what I really want to say here. What if you were just like, I can't say what I really want to say. And that's my caption. Literally. (laughs) Just know that I'm thinking something different than what I'm typing. (laughs) It was just a little too personal. I was like, oh, this is a little unprocessed and a little too personal. So I'm going to give you guys a half-ass caption. (laughs) I feel that way about a lot of things right now where I'm like, I don't know if I'm like ready to talk about certain things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 100%. Because I do think that like the energy of a caption affects who sees it, who receives it. Yes. (laughs) That's our next course. The energy of a caption. (laughs) (laughs) That's our... Get that domain. That's like our specialty is like the energy of the caption. (laughs) So right now, spirit is working through me. The life force of an emoji. Spirit is working through me, right through me. I'm tapped in. The energy of a caption is happening. What are we going to do? Dude, kill me. That has been actually the bane of my existence is the fucking languaging and the spiritual communities fucking killing me. And then reels actually make it worse because those words are being used yeah. with, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like how to draw boundaries. Boom. Yes. Splash. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Like splash. It's like how to unprocess, unpack your trauma. You're like, what? <laughs> You're like, they're batting the air yeah, and I'm like crying to peaches and we're talking about my deepest. <laughs> and you're in a, a freaking crop top yes. right Yes. Oh my God. You're showing your abs like this. Bless and they're everyone like, who how does to this. heal trauma. <laughs> Me and uh, Milana were talking about that yesterday. <sighs> about how in our space, and I've seen this for a long time, there are so many people that are unqualified to help trauma, help unpackage, process, integrate trauma that are like currently, I don't know, something related to. So mm-hmm. like their people are bringing up the trauma, but to be able to process it is like very intricate. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Well, it's it's a therapist, it's you know. 100%. Like, so are you? Are you? Well, one, are you a licensed therapist? Two, are you going to be offering like mm-hmm. that intimate one-on-one totally ability to process? People are like, go deep. 
They're go like, we have a downloadable for that. Honestly. People are like, go deep, go in your shadow. You aren't looking at your shadow. And it's like, dude, looking at your shadow with like an Instagram person is, is probably not the best place to like process that. Oh my God. But I can imagine that like seeing all of this on Instagram like conjures up a bit of shame around like, am I doing enough? Of course. For my own self, like personal work? Of course. Am I digging into my shadow enough? Why am I not tapped into source? <laughs> Why am I not tapping into source right now in this container, in this moment? I am feeling it. <laughs> more people, the more freaking spiritual uh, languaging, the more bullshit terms they use, the more freaking freaking ass. And if, I really have learned to peace tr- and love. Yeah, literally peace and love. But I've peace and love is the allegedly for me. I, <laughs> saves me. I I learned that my initial gut feeling is usually right. And so if you're online, if you're on Instagram and you're kind of being, you know, served all of these either people or programs or whatever. By the way, someone who's for you might not be for me. Someone who's 100%. for me might not be for you. But trust that feeling. Yes. And don't be swept up by, well, they have, you know, they make six figs and they have 10,000 people in the program. So I should just do it. If you don't have that feeling of like, oh, I feel connected to what they're yes. saying and who they are and their mission, you know, all of that, that really has to align mm-hmm. and trust your feeling. Doesn't mean they're a bad person. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Just trust. 100%. Tapped into sores. <laughs> there was a really beautiful um, question that we got from the community I wanted to talk about today. So this is from my dear Alyssa. So this weekend I was talking about how having a higher power is the answer to a lot of searching in mm. so many ways. So when we're looking outside of us for answers from influencers or celebrities or whoever, you know, having the higher power is always, um, from my perspective, the answer. And she said, I'm curious about who you see as source. Years ago, when I was going through it, I turned to religion. And at that moment in time, it helped me so much because I was doing just that, searching for something. But then as time went on, basic Christianity was not it for me. Organized religion in general was not for me. But I lost my God. I now refer to my higher being as the universe. But I'm still, but I still do feel like I'm missing something. So again, I am searching curious about the source for you. Is that something that you have essentially created for yourself? Is it something? I don't know. I love that question. Me too. I also, I think the the concept of searching is so deeply, deeply ingrained in every single cell of the human experience. The searching is part of humanity. Mm -hmm. The searching is deep within our essence. Our essence is searching. If the world had order, we would create chaos to see chaos exist. Mm. It's part of our experience is to continually search, to find and search, to lose and find and search again. And so I think it's normal to go through that process. And I think a lot of people go through that process. And for me, you know, the question around what my source is, um, and this is really Aaron Rose related, who's a coach that we work with deeply, is my God, the God that I know, oversees the universe, is the creator of the universe. So I believe that there is a creator, the most high, that actually created our universe. So when I'm talking to the universe, I'm talking to the universe in a way of 
wanting to manifest. That's sort of my go-to for manifestation because the universe is essentially a computer program or a simulation. So the inputs that we put in are a lot of times the inputs that we can put out when we're sort of playing that quantum physics game. So for me, the universe is what I work with from a manifestation perspective, but God is what I work with when I'm looking for, you know, the higher power, the connection, the alignment. And I think when we have a God, whether it's God or whether it's source or whether it is universe, you know, whether if you are going to to be one that's praying to the universe, then that is the thing that really is like the North Star for so much in our life. And when we feel like we can live on purpose or have something to rely on or have something to count on, I think everything really changes. Mm-hmm. And I think realizing that I grew up a lot of my life in the Catholic church and really feeling totally disconnected from from God in that way, it's really such a shame. And I think a lot of the my issue that I have personally with the Catholic church is how removed you are from God. And I think when I'm looking at culture today, a lot of people are placing situations that happen between man and humans as something of God. And all of the things that we see on this earth that are judgment-related, fear-related, hate-related, separation-related, anything that is not of pure love is actually not God, but Mm -hmm. it is actually man. So oftentimes people make judgments about certain religions or certain structures, even the Catholic church. You know, my idea of the Catholic church was that, oh, the only way I can get to God is through this Catholic church system. Mm -hmm. But that is actually not true. The Catholic church in the way that I believe and perceive it is actually what removes us from God because there's so many steps, there's so many layers. And God does not create these systems to separate. God creates all things that are unifying And so when I think about God, it really is that like grand unifier of all. Yeah, I completely agree. And just on the religion piece, you know, (laughs) I have the belief that like God didn't create religions, you know, that like the, like you were saying, like man created religion, whether it was to separate man from God or to, to, in their pers- from their experience, get closer to God, quote unquote, by having rules of engagement and rules of higher, you know, ascension or connection to God. But that's not God. Mm-hmm. God doesn't see things as good or bad. You know, God is pure, pure love. And yeah, that's why I was always confused by, and I was in, you know, I was in the Catholic church as well and went to a private Catholic school. And I just never felt that, that deep support, you know, I just always felt like, what is this, what are these like rules of engagement? Like, why do I feel less than when I'm here? Why do I feel like I'm not there yet as it relates to God? And it just never felt good. And so, yeah, when we started, actually, it kind of, I kind of returned to God through my my current relationship. He's very much like a man of God, if you want to say. And I just found our conversations about God to be like, wow, this is different than like what I experienced in the Catholic church. Like this just feels so much more like love-based and free. And um, yeah, it just felt so much better. And so it's just been interesting to incorporate this conversation with God back into my life. And when I was like praying to the universe, it never felt right. Like I like the idea of the universe, like working with the universe and collaborating with the universe. But I was like, I felt like I was just kind of talking to like, like 
like, like a nebulous space. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay. And I never felt the um, reciprocity in like that conversation. And with God, I just, I feel it all the time, you know? And I agree with you. I think God created the universe and I just feel so much less alone. I've noticed that it's like, really lessened my anxiety because I'm no longer just depending on myself or worrying about the timing of my life or where I'm at. And yeah, it's a really, really beautiful thing. And I would just say to Alyssa, it's like how beautiful to be on your own spiritual path in this way. Like, I think we can so quickly judge ourselves because we see what other people are experiencing or doing or realizing and I don't know, from from my perspective, I'm like, God's just so, mm-hmm. God's real, real happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're following what feels good to you. He's so happy. Yeah. And when I, what was it? Maybe a year ago or maybe two years ago with Aaron, when we were kind of bringing the conversation with God back in, I was really resistant. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, I just, I didn't, first of all, I didn't want anyone to tell me I wanted to have the own experience myself. And I said that, you know, when Aaron was like bringing back just sort of the path that he's been on, you know, Aaron Rose is our, our coach and bringing forward a lot of his learnings and a lot of the ways in which he operates in the world are through the lens of God. And I was like, he's like, you know, this is sort of how I'm operating. I'm operating from like a God-centered place. And I was like, dude, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want anyone to tell me what to do or what to believe. And I had to come to that place myself. And so as an offering too, is to, not, it's not like God prove it to me, but you can also invite whatever you want into your life. You can invite the synchronicities, you can invite the magic, you can invite the intention of wanting to know your God or your most high or your, whatever your experience with that entity or being or whatever source is, inviting that into your life and seeing Mm -hmm. sort of where that goes. And you can really play with it. It can be fun. It can be really beautiful. But that's really, for me, some of the best parts of life is playing with that energy in a way that feels like, okay, I'm not alone. Like you're continuing to prove in my life how I am divinely guided through source. So I had to come to terms with it on my own because for most of my life, I was like, lame, so lame. Like it, it it's just also like it. a judgmental God is what you grew yes. up with. So it's like, so we're bringing God into the conversation yes. now. And can I be human here? Yes. Can I say how I really feel? Yes. Are you going to judge me? And also it was like, just in high school, you're programmed. I think I was so programmed to believe that it wasn't cool. Yeah. It was sure. like, what would Jesus do? You know, all of that stuff. I was like, <laughs> I just, it wasn't cool. There was just this, I don't know if it was media or whatever, but it was cool to sort of be anti mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Because I think maybe I was in the process of individuating myself. So I had to be anti to really come back to the middle of wherever I am now. But to come back now and be like, oh, also, I think as it relates to religion, I actually find some, a lot of practices within a lot of religions to be really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like people, I always say, I'm like, tell me about your religion. And they say, I'm like, that's dope. I actually really love that. I really love that ritual. I really love that belief. I really love that practice. So there's tons of religions that I actually pull a lot of my beliefs from. Gnosticism is really powerful. There's really powerful, just a lot of different, you know, places all over the world have really beautiful aspects to religion that we can take from. So there are aspects of God definitely in religion. But what I find is that the structures and then the hierarchy seem to pull us away. And then where man sort of gets it wrong is just like the judgment piece, you know, sort of the control and judgment piece. Yeah. I'm reading the books 
there's like a, a bunch of volumes of conversations with God. And it's, you know, it's a someone who is channeling God and writing these books. And it's, whether it's absolutely true or not, I believe it to be true, but it is humorous at times yes. to kind of like have God's perspective about what we as man have done and continue to perpetuate. He's like, oh, like that wasn't the original I like the intent. first one. And the second and the other conversations with God, I'm like, shut the fuck up. What, the, the other author, guy? I oh, just yeah. thought, found him to be too whiny. Oh, he's very, yeah, he's very whiny. But I think he speaks for a lot of people. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. It almost goes so far that like- Yes. I just know. was like, okay. Yeah, totally. This is what you're saying I just to God. To the God part. Literally, I'm like, this is what you're saying to God. You have God on the line and you're bitching about blah, blah, blah. But the first, I, all of the books are really beautiful and I have them by my bed and they have their really beautiful parts. I really love the first one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's powerful. Good. It's really good. It's powerful. But thanks, Liz. Hope that was helpful. Really? And, you know, of course, we just welcome all perspectives, all ideologies. We're not wanting anyone to be like, you know, on our same page with everything. We know that everyone is on their journey and on their process. Um, the real invitation it is for you to come closer to yourself and mm-hmm. feeling more whole, holy you. Mm-hmm. Truly. Speaking of a thing that God created. Oh my gosh. I believe God created astrology. Astrology for sure. <laughs> it's the map of the world, baby. Um, and we have the Leo King on today, David Ooh. Palmer, who is Aaron Rose, actually our coach. He's our Aaron Rose's favorite astrologer. Aaron Rose um, introduced us to him a few, maybe last year. And the way, oh, also Danielle, uh, a friend of ours, Danielle, she talks about um, how he is like the most, like a rain man as yes. it relates to astrology, where he knows literally so many things about astrology, like spaceships, just everything. Yeah, he's he's able to memorize things in a split second and remember them forever, which I think helps with astrology because if you know the planetary alignment and just, you know, obviously different houses, this, that, the other thing, he's able to look and he did. He read our charts in this episode. Crazy. And he was saying things that I was like, ah, uh, what? Honestly. Oh. It was like, he's like, oh, there was a... um uh, something in orbit. There's like a satellite. He was like, he literally knows astrology so well. Oh he talks about satellites God. that were currently in orbit. Unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. So in this episode, we actually have a lot of David's story. So David Palmer is the Leo King. We have a lot of his story in here of how he came to the place that he is now. He was actually a psychic for Psychic Hotlines. Mm-hmm. He's been a DJ. He was in the military. It's a really, really crazy story. And now he's been a celebrity astrologer for a really long time. He has mm-hmm. a really, really successful app. Um, he does readings on YouTube. He has a really, really big business. And after that, we went into astrology more. We went into just learning a little bit more about what is happening in 2021. And we also did our charts. Yeah, it was super, super fascinating. So if you're wondering about, a lot of you are going through your Saturn return right now. So we touch on that. We also talk about Chiron, which he says is the hidden key to um, unlocking the hidden reality. We also talk about the illusion of the masculine and feminine. Um, yeah, just so much. So don't get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Have your notebook out. Take down what what you want to take with you. Yeah, he's just so funny, charismatic, kind, mm-hmm. very kind, heart centered, very much himself. Very much. This himself. is what I. This is what I'm saying. I whoever, whatever people are, whoever they are, however they show up in the world, when you are authentically you, it is so magnetic. 
It doesn't have to be someone that you completely agree with everything on, you completely align with, you completely want to be, you completely have the same views and perspectives. But when someone is completely themselves, that is really just such a beautiful quality. I love being around people who are just completely themselves. Yeah, it's just... It's powerful. So um, really excited to introduce you guys to Leo King if you've not been introduced already. David Palmer, mm-hmm. he is really awesome. And just a note, once again, not everyone that we have on, we agree with everything that they say and do or have said and done in the past, but we really love to bring conversations during this hour, hour and a half that are gonna inspire and enlighten you. Truly. You can learn more about David at theleoking.com. There are links to all of his offerings as well as High Vibe TV. He's a media mogul of sorts. Um, It's really, really cool. So check that out, theleoking.com. Thank you all for subscribing and rating and reviewing. If you're called, share this episode with a friend. If you have some astrology fans and or people who are learning about astrology, this one will be a really good one. All of our episodes are on YouTube. So you guys can watch a video on YouTube, Almost 30 Podcast. Make sure to subscribe there. Almost 30 Podcast on Instagram. We would love if you wrote a five-star review on iTunes. It is so kind of you guys when you do that. So if you find value in the show, we really, really appreciate that. Almost30.com, you can find courses and programs on topics like astrology. You can also find our merch. And then Podcast Pro, if you want to launch, grow, or monetize a podcast. Thanks, guys. Go to almost30.com and we will see you on the other side. See you soon. So for, did you, how much did you study astrology or how much was it like, and then when were you able to connect with your guides and how supportive are they? How supportive of you have they been through your process? So I've had mentors. So, you know, I I feel, and everybody's different. Books are not my thing just to read, to study, and then write notes down and all that stuff. Like That to me is not how I study. I can retain within one millisecond something. So it's like uh, mentorship was the best. So I mentored under Christopher Witecki. He had a spiritual group called soulgarden.tv in 2006. He started it and I found him online. And out, he was out of LA here. And so him and I would talk on the phone for five hours just in rap astrology. I had known a lot of astrology, but he was like actually made it his his life. Right. So it was like to have a mentor and to also work with him and to see how he can make it his life and survive off it. And also, you know, he was the first astrologer to do YouTube on videos about astrology, like with a, and with a green screen and do it every day for every all 12 signs. So I got to give so much props to him. And, and so I worked for him and... Uh, I didn't find really my connection to my guides. I was intuitive my whole life. I always kind of knew that one. But actually connecting my guides was 2012. Like 2012 really was like the big shift point for my life and actually my whole astrology business. I'd been doing it. I was like on Psychic Hotlines. I was... You were a psychic on Psychic Hotlines? Yeah, you can still find it online too. You were... People called in and you were... Yeah, I was on like Bitwine, it's called. Like on like, you know, like it's on the internet. It was like two... It was like one ninety nine a minute. And yeah, I was just doing... and, And then I was on Yelp and I think it's still on there. And people were calling me. I was living in Sherman Oaks and I would get calls at three in the morning and take the credit card and like do readings. Like just boom, like at three in the morning. Like, because wow. the back then it was hard to like book online. Sure. Mm-hmm. It was like 2009, 2010. And then like there was no Facebook that, which it was, it was like not around. There was no cell phone stuff yet. There was no Instagram. There's none of that stuff. So, like, you know, I went to Psychic Eye in Sherman Oaks and I think that, you know, they denied me. They were like, no, you don't have enough experience. And they didn't even like let me do a reading on them. And then years later, I was 
some reality show that almost went down. They were trying to do one on Psychic Eye and then they called me in there to talk to them and I looked at them and I'm like, oh, remember me? (laughs) (laughs) The Leo never lets it die. (laughs) Remember me, Psychic Eye? You were too good for me? I guess your Psychic Eye didn't work too hard. (laughs) Oh my God. Actually, but I'm happy that they denied me. It gave me more tenacity to go for it, you know? So. But yeah, the guides thing, that was 2012. And, and, and 2012 to me, I took serious. So I was the guy, there was only, I would say, probably about 50 people in, in the world that in 2012 were doing the work every day and putting out blogs and videos and about that shift. Literally, that was how much. I mean, it, might, it might sound crazy, but people were not doing it. And wow. people were thinking we were crazy. And, and I have, and all, I have about, all the receipts. Sorry. <laughs> what shift were you talking about? Just to make the Mayan quick. shift. Yes. And mm-hmm. also it was very connected to Palladian energy. Um, that was the Palladian eclipse that was in May. That mm. was also the Venus eclipse. The last one we were going to see in our lives with Venus crossing over the sun. That's connected with the 2004 Venus retrograde of Gemini. And we just had that Venus retrograde again here in 2020, but with no eclipse. So every 120 years, Venus will eclipse the sun where we can see it from Earth and actually watch with goggles or a face shield or whatever and watch Venus cross over the sun past us. Wow. And so that only happens in a two-cycle time in an eight-year period. And we saw that from 2004 to 2012. And so those years dealing with relationships, if you, you'll see the 2004 mm. revelance of June and May May and June and 2012 in May and June, you'll see the twin elements of how you experienced relationships in your life in the most extreme and intense ways. But then that brought us from 2012 to 2020, which I'm going to be real with you with all the crazy stuff that's happened in the astrology from the Pluto Uranus squares of Aries Capricorn to the Saturn Libra to to, uh, the Saturn Pluto Jupiter, which we just had in 2020 was... Finally, after a 37-year transit of the last Saturn, Pluto, and Libra, people are finally in 20, at the end here of 2020, coming in 2021, are like, where am I really with my relationships? Because none of it from 1982 and 1983 to 2020 was ever meant to truly be your true soulmate. Mm, and, just and that like, one, and that one, people give me a lot of hits. crap on that one. Oh, that's hard, and, and that's the truth of astrology. You're not going to see that ever again. Saturn and Pluto, destructive, but also deep and getting to the harshest truths of your relationship life. That took 37 years to meet up from 1983 when they met to 2020 when they met in Capricorn, which is your destiny, and it's like you're going to miss your boat if, depending on who you're with, mm. you only go so far, mm. and that's the hard one. And that's what everybody's dealing with coming here into 2021 is, especially all this Aquarius as we're talking today, on the last time we had a new moon with this much Aquarius energy was 1962 on February 5th. But that was an eclipse. That one had Mars, so it added one more planet. But that's what 2021 is about. It's about people. And it's weird. We live in a world where they don't want you around people. So so that makes it like where... Oh yeah, maybe I should have figured out who, if I really want to be with this person in my life because this new world is about people and it's not going to be as easy to just go flock around. We're going to be dealing with a lot of this kind of energy for 13 years because Jupiter-Pluto met in 2020 in Capricorn. They met in Sag in 2007. And from you had every opportunity in the world from 2007 to 2020. Now you don't. 
That's gone. We're never going to see that ever again. We're never going to see that world again. And people have to really start to understand that, that opportunistic, Jupiterian, every option, and especially planes, and everybody could just fly anywhere and go to anywhere and foreign travel, and, da, da, and that's done. It's Capricorn. Now you have to have a government pass. You have to have a business deal with the government or something like that because it's all happened. And Jupiter and Pluto met three times in 2020. They only met once in 20, 2007. And and that one them it's having it's a hard time for people to realize that and that's why the relationship thing is everything, because that is not coming back, no matter what people think. There's too many weird things that are going to come over this next thirteen years, too many, too many things that right when you think it's going to go that way, no, it's going to turn the other direction. I was going to say how much of like so how much of astrology do you think is like the the teachings and the science and how much is it your intuition? Like for astrologers, what would you say the balance is or is it just reading? I would say it's a, it's a, I like to keep things simple, but it's, it's, it's simple, but it's like, it's, it's, it's layers. It's like one, you have to be hermetic because that's hermetic. Can you talk a lot about that? Yeah. So hermeticism is mercurial, that mercury is the ruler of astrology. So Mercury is the quickest planet and it goes right around, it's right next to the sun. Mm -hmm. So the sun is like the projector of our reality. Literally all the little suns in our galaxy, right? And all the galaxies, right? They are projected. Think of life as a movie. We are in a predetermined reality because the only constant in the world is that you can tell when a new moon, a full moon, or where a planet will be exactly to the millisecond in time. Mm -hmm. Nothing else in the world is constant. You can't get, there's no guarantees. Like I can guarantee you that the new moon happened today. Yesterday could have told you and it will happen. Same thing with the sun coming up in the morning or the other guarantees are the seasons. Like every March 20th, we're going to have the sun and the mm-hmm. sun at equal day, equal night on the equinox. Every summer is going to be on June 20th or 21st, depending, you know, there's always gonna be a little shift there, but it's right there. And it's going to always be the peak, the longest day and short, shortest night or on the, on the Southern hemisphere, it's going to be flipped. Those are the only guarantees in our world. There is no other guarantee. Mm. You can just like try and find it and it's always going to be change and change and change and change. So hermeticism though is about seeing things from both sides, which Mercury does. Mercury is not emotional, has no moons, mm-hmm. right? So you, if, if you're going to get emotional and especially we are in a world right now where everybody is emotionally attached and they can't learn to separate the emotion for a second to be able to only see truth. You cannot have emotion mm. because emotion mm. pulls you, right? Like when your grandma's passing away, my grandpa passed, my grandma passed uh, in 2020. Like, but if she died of natural causes, thank God, because I already knew she was ready to leave once this whole COVID thing happened because it was like she was a Libra that just wanted to love and be around family all the time and all that. And she was 94 years old and she was like the solid rock of our family. That's this world isn't built for her, so no wonder she left. So I'm able to see that truth instead of getting all emotional about it, and be I'm happier for her. And I talk; she she comes through all the time through mediums that call me about her and stuff that people don't even know me or knew knew who she was. But that's the thing: is hermeticism is about understanding two sides of the equation and questioning the other side. And that's where we're in a world right now where the other side won't question the other side either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Right. Isn't so the seven isn't there the seven like principles of her, the Hermetic tradition? Like, isn't or is that the seven laws of the universe? I yeah, well, because uh, if you go into Hermeticism, I mean, you're really going to start to really go into alchemy. Okay. And you're going to go into the alchemical understandings, and you're going to go into like natural philosophy. You're going to get into 
you know, the debate between science mixed with divinity or no, no divinity and just numbers and science. So hermeticism is showing that the only way to understand divine union with God or spirit would be through understanding and I know this might sound crazy, but understanding how the universe works mm-hmm. and understanding that the hand of God per se or the, the divine and the, the predetermination is determining your reality and your life from the masculine to the feminine to the dark to the light. To, if you see all the hermetic drawings of the 1500s, 1600s, even Robert Flood, who's an amazing alchemist from the 1600s, drew out the whole you know earth with the, the planets, but had the outer three realms of the three outer planets, but we didn't find Uranus until the 1700s. Mm-hmm. How did he know that? Mm-hmm. This is the place where you can tap in, believe it or not. It's the, we call it the third eye. Mm-hmm. It, and so when you do that with your, with your mind and you're able to see the truth and see above, and that's what's weird about Illuminati stuff and Freemason, because that actually started from the Rosicrucian movement and you know the Golden Dawn and stuff like that. It's it, it, there's also the other you have to look from the other side, right? Like that actually the third eye is the way to see down on the pyramid to see the truth of life. That, that's the only way to see from all angles. And so people get they've also been tricked, right? Because if you think about it, Mercury rules trickery, right? So there's people that trick people all the time. And the only way to get through and see through the truth of trickery is to be able to see how the trickster works by also making sure and taking a trick and seeing if it actually works or not and knowing how to trick yourself, knowing how to trick others in a way of like, how do you figure out to look at things from all the different angles and being willing to actually say, okay, I'm going to have to look at it from this side fully Mm -hmm. and embrace myself and put my mind there and not be emotional about it and let go of my own ego's emotional position or my own just sensitive emotional position because people have emotions all over and why do you think it's ruled by cancer? It's so moody. It's like a mood ring. Mm. That's not constant. Mm-hmm. One thing about fact is fact does change, but fact is always going back to where's the constant. Mm-hmm. So with the, I guess just with the understanding of when we're talking about like Freemasonry or Illuminati, it's best to understand the side so that you are not tricked, essentially. It's like if once you understand the workings or the the, the plan, then you can sort of protect yourself from the trickery of Correct. Okay. Yeah, because you have okay. to remember that the Illuminati was originally created to go against the Catholic Church because, I mean, even like look at Leonardo da Vinci, right? Like at that time, if you were speaking about anything other than about Christ and you were talking about astrology or anything that was dealing with hermeticism, basically, like, you know, there was inquisitions at that time. There was also like, you wouldn't get the job. You wouldn't get, you were, you know, it was, it was like still now the mm-hmm. stigma. Right. And so Leonardo da Vinci with the last supper, that's all 12 Zodiac signs perfectly laid out. I'm sure you've seen that, right? Like mm-hmm. we see that that's what it is. And they're all sectioned into three portions. And I actually, actually haven't seen that. Know that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, Tell us more. Uh, well, if you look at the last supper painting, from the head of the table to the other head of the table are all the zodiac signs in a row, all separated by the seasons. You can see the three, the, the, the four seasons are in three people sections and they're doing everything. Even when you look at the third one, you see Gemini with two hands up. Even when you look at cancer, it's holding a knife to cut like a crab, mm. right? And then the Leo's the only one with the hand on the table. 
And then the Virgo is the Virgin is 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 uh, is Mary Magdalene. Um, and then you go to Libra right there, right next to Jesus with its two hands balancing out. And then Scorpio, Judas right behind, right? Like throwing up the kiss because what a Scorpio, when it bites or it's when it, when it actually stings you, it's a kiss. And that's what it's a kiss of death, right? That's what it is, but it's called a kiss. Wow. And it's a sting, right? And mm-hmm. there he is holding up the stinger over the over Libra too, like over, like it's so crazy. And then the Sag is standing up and the philosopher and huge, the biggest person on there and expressing itself. And then, then you see Capricorn looking like, you know, it's pointing to where the way is. Like it's mm-hmm. knowing the direction. And then the Aquarius is the old man that's sitting there. You look, I always, it's funny because I consciously, this is online. I, I, I have fun with it, but I always say, and there's the old man, the Aquarius. Where has he been? And where has he been for the last 40 years? You know, and he just showed up at the table and he's got a big beard. And what, who is this guy? And then the Pisces is there holding two hands out and with, for the two fish mm-hmm. at the very end. Wow. Was this your breakdown? Like your, disc- like... Yes. And then there was, there's another person, Santos Spinacci online. Wow. who has done some great work with a lot of that stuff. So, and he, he does uh, what's called syncretism. And that's another way to look at um, how astrology works too. But that's the thing, right? I just got to say this is like, there's astrology is popular now. It's become a trend. And I was part of that by doing it on reality TV over 10 years ago and doing it on L- Entertainment Tonight to E! News to, you know, I'm that person, right? But then I'm also the the deep, crazy, intense, like bringing out the truth. So it's been very difficult for me to see this, really fluff astrology out there mm-hmm. that's not like it's like it's like not doing its deep stuff it's not doing its deep research and it's too it, it it doesn't look into all those areas it doesn't know how to connect to people like how voyager one and voyager two which we sent in the 70s just left our solar system from 2012 into 2018 human consciousness is a little robot right now with a record playing you know the beatles out there in the interstellar space. Why do you think we feel like what in the heck is going on? We have never as human consciousness put our own consciousness out there into interstellar space. Wait, tell me more. So those are two spaceships that are... They're probes, yeah. Probes. They, 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 we sent them out at the perfect timing in the 70s because of the way that the planets were to use them to get out. They were also the probes that helped, you know, get it, pictures of, of certain planets as well that we weren't able to get and also be transmission. But they also hold all the languages of Earth one of them does um, a gold record that has all of our voices um, of every language to music. The Beatles are on there, like everything to wow. find life and send it out there. It's like a time capsule wow. of humanity. It's kind of funny because it's like, don't we know that life, you know, it's kind of like, guys, I think we know that life exists outside. So it's, well, are they trying to communicate with? You, I th- we put it out there to in case somebody does find it out there, some species or something wow. like where we were at, <laughs> the location of where Earth is, which is actually based upon a lot of scientific theory, the most dangerous thing we ever did. Why? Because if there was species out there that were out to take from us, they have all of our understandings of who we are, where our location is. And why do you think in 2017 that Uamua big asteroid came in and just recently that uh, Harvard professor just finally came out and said that that's an alien spaceship, spaceship. Mm-hmm. that, that, that it, it does not have normal aspects to it. It's not, it, 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 it propelled, it, it did a propulsion away from the sun, mm-hmm. not like a comet or anything on its own. Mm-hmm. It also every eight hours would rotate in a full flat surface that would reflect the light back on us. It was, he was just on Joe Rogan and he was just on a couple other things, but 
That's the black, it's the black kind of pencil thing. Yeah, that came into mm-hmm. our, correct. That, 2017? Yes, and that came yeah. outside of our solar system, not yeah, within our solar system. People can look at pictures system. online yeah. too and see it's like, it's it's so undeniable how wild it is. It is, and that's what's crazy. Astrology is more than planets. It's more than what your sun sign is. It's all of it. It's the whole universe and how you have to put it all together. That's hereticism is seeing everything and how to put it all together. And if you don't know how to start synchronizing everything in life, including what's happening in the mundane world to the outside universe, to your own life, to everything, are you really in sync? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's also too, like I think people take in this information as much as they're able to process. And I think like taking in more of that and everything would actually on a human level be too much to take on. Well, yeah, I would do a lot of panic attacks. So yeah, I get yeah, it. Like, I know. That, yeah. That's how much, like, uh, that was actually the deep Scorpio stuff was revealing that understanding the truth and going to the end of Scorpio, which is the ultimate truth of like the death. The, there's a darkness to truth yeah. yeah, because it's revealing the light. Well, that's what I feel like we're in right, like we're on an edge right now. Uh, like I'm curious if astrology is showing that. I'm sure it does. We're like, to your point earlier, like, we can't question the other side because then we are, you know, canceled, fill in the blank, whatever. So what it like, what is that? Like, is that the edge and hopefully bringing in the light or what's your perspective? Well, that, that's, uh, that one's a very difficult one because a lot of the work over, you know, 2012 was about that, right? So I would say that it feels like uh, this is this is the end of what we understand as time. That's what happened in 2020 because mm-hmm. Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto was in Capricorn and they met and we haven't seen that since 1284. And there was no Gregorian calendar system then. And we were not even really good with Julian calendar system then, right? So this is the end of time. There was no 2021. Does it feel like 2021? Does it feel like you went into a new year? You have to ask yourself that. Mm-hmm. Because really this whole idea of the Gregorian calendar system is off. So the earth glitched 26 times at 1.5 milliseconds in 2020. First time in a 50-year study of it every year, earth glitched one on average for 1.5 milliseconds. We did it 26 times. What does a glitch mean? A glitch means the rotation of the earth glitched out. Our timing is now becoming off on earth because of the magnetic issues of the poles on earth to where our pole shift is getting crazy. The North Pole is now shifted way past where it was, past Greenland into Russia now. Our magnetic field is 25% lower. The the sun at the end of 2020 just did its solar minimum, but then reversed its poles. That's what it does in its own cycles, right? So all the other planets are doing crazy pole and magnetic shifts too. And they're all heating up in temperatures the same rate as Earth. Wow. So that's another thing of Hermeticism truth. 2021, if we're going to use that calendar system, if we're going to keep on this whole like idea of year, people need to start to look at what the real science is, right? That everything going on in the universe is going crazy and haywire at the same rate. And then all the, all, if we want to use our brothers and sisters in, the, in, in our solar system are going through the same thing. So mm. do they have a bunch of cars? Is that why they're getting hotter? Or is it real? Or, you know, the biggest uh, stuff that's coming out about this is like, well, why do you think that people are going through some weird things health-wise down here? Is it frequency-based? So again, people talk about the cell phone stuff about it. 
I think that is definitely part of it. But that's when you're talking about magnetic pole shifting and you're talking about the electromagnetic field of the earth and the one of the sun and the nova mm -hmm. energy that can come from our sun, that the, the sun could nova. What's that? What when it's that? like a flare? It builds up enough elect electromagnetic charge into a sense to where it, yeah, it would need to release. But if you think of like when you have static electricity, right? Like remember when you played with like a balloon as a kid and you'd play it with your hair. Imagine the galaxy in itself and the electromagnetic has a pole as well. And that we are at the center of the galactic plane, we call it. That's what 2012 was. That was why it's such a big deal. The CERN hydrogen collider in 2012 was about trying to find the God particle. Oh, yeah. And they were smashing mm. the atoms together to try and create the understanding of the universe. In that same period, we reached a space of not only the sun. So if you take the galactic plane of that, it's like the equator for Earth, but for the sun. And then you mix that with also the galaxy of perfectly aligned that we are in the full energy of the universe, okay? Why has the world... So people, if you want to use 2020 as an example, like it feels like that world's gone. That world was already gone in 2012. Like, look at your life mm -hmm. from 2012 through 2020. That was the incubation system of moving into the weird multidimensional realities that are shifting so crazy. And this is what 2021 is with all this Aquarius is one, are you going to be a follower? Because that's what Aquarius dark side is. Mm hmm. Not being an individual part of humanity, which is like Van Gogh. When he painted, he always painted in dots, right? We're unique individual dots and colors and all these beautiful things that create one big beautiful picture. But if we all are the same color, guess what? We're not a picture anymore. We're just a blank wall. And that's what we're seeing right now. And people are falling for it. Neptune squared the North and the South nodes. If you don't know what the nodes are, they're the lunar nodes because they're not. Latin for not. Those are the knots in space that every 18 months and every 18 years takes to go around the whole entire zodiac, but every 18 months goes through signs. That's how we can tell if the sun and the moon meet on one of the knots or in a full moon or in a new moon, there's going to be an eclipse. That's how we could tell. And they were an exact square to Neptune coming into this year. And Neptune in its home sign of Pisces, exactly at the degree where the witch trials was in 1692. I'm using history, using the astrology. And so the square to Neptune is also in Pisces, this... Confusion and also this feeling of oversensitivity to it all. Mm. But again, like with hermeticism, you can't be sensitive. Yeah, like look at the truth. And that's where you're going to only find your security in life is looking at the truth and not being a follower and, and feeling like, like, oh, you'll lose everything. If anything, you're going to gain more mm -hmm. by being in your truth always. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the illusion, right? The illusion is yeah. that you're going to lose, right? Neptune is a loss always. I'm going to sacrifice this you are going to gain the most spiritual gifts of your whole life. And the yeah. universe of Aquarius takes you to the higher realm. Remember that Saturn is the son of Uranus. So with Saturn being in Aquarius now, he's in daddy's house. He's not in his own house anymore. And he doesn't have Jupiter that he can boss around that Jupiter doesn't like because that's, that's Jupiter doesn't want to be in Saturn's house. They're two opposites, right? Jupiter expands and Saturn's like, no, 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 rules. And Pluto, right? So Saturn doesn't have Jupiter and Pluto anymore. Saturn has Jupiter, but Jupiter's like, hey, I, like, I'm actually your son and I'm in grandpa's house and grandpa likes me because I <laughs> saved grandpa because remember, Kronos got rid of Uranus, his own father, and banished him. Kronos is a Greek god? Correct. Okay. And that's the ruler of Saturn. Okay. So, so that's the whole story, right? It's, we're actually dealing in a... We're dealing in a 
spiritual battle of the gods and the old family drama in the Zodiac right now, where the son of the ruler of the heavens, which was Uranus and ruled the universe, got banished and he wanted control and he just got his control in 2020. And it was actually 2018 through 2020. There was a bunch of plans and hidden plans. Pluto, Saturn, Pluto and Scorpio or in, in a, is ruled by Scorpio, but it was in Capricorn. These were all planned things. Now it's an Aquarius. Aquarius is all about, no, this is, there's, we all have to figure out how to be, you, what is Uranus freedom, independence, and also disconnection into only the truth and only to the higher realm. So you either advance in 2021 to the truth and have to go through this unknown cliff jump into the truth or stay safe in the following and realize that you're not innovative and cool. And especially with the squares to Uranus and Taurus, Saturn square Uranus, this reality is being shattered. Yeah. That wow. people's realities are going to be shattered. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But the positive is you can go to the highest realm. And again, it deals with people though. We're in so much Aquarius with Saturn and Jupiter this year that you have to, this is the last chance. There is no more big relationship transits after this. Wow. Like we're already done with like the, the bunch of the Libra stuff, right? There's no more. There's no more outer planets coming into Libra in our lives until we get Uranus, which is a long time away, right? It's about 40 more years away. We're not getting anything else there, outer planet wise. There's, and so it's Aquarius now, the end of relationship stuff. The last sign that you deal with relationships. And this is Saturn and Jupiter. And this is the only year we're going to have Jupiter here. And Jupiter comes, actually comes into Pisces and then comes back into Aquarius. So it's all pretty quick. Like, this, like you can tell, you can feel in yourself because you're, tr we're all one tribe. They, I remember in rave days, you remember it was about one tribe. There was even stickers of one tribe all through. A, and now it's like, if you even say that, like, that's a bad thing. We're talking about unity, but like, what about just being human? That's what Aquarius is. That we're all one tribe, human. And that fact that we can't say that anymore and that is what spirituality is about being the uniqueness of souls and, 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 and seeing that actually right now that we have to be that one tribe because there's energy that's out there that's trying to take away that energy and humans don't realize their superpowers. That, that, that it's like taking away the superpower of humanity, breaking it apart. And this has nothing to do about left or right either. That's an illusion. This has everything to do about the spiritual truth that there was, if we want to use Uamua, right? A weird force that has come in. Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter is always a hidden weird energy. And it's already put in its plans and you either see it or you don't or you're following and you're the sheep and now you're an Aquarius and now you're just following the trend of the false like it's going to happen and that's why media isn't a weird thing Neptune rules the media mm -hmm. and Neptune's been in semi-square to Uranus Uranus and Neptune have been in a 45 degree angle since 2018 since Uranus went to Taurus that's, a, that's the media against the people the people being also fooled by the media because it's a 45 degree angle. It's half a square. So it's like a kink toes or it's like, you know, a guy like, like kinked going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to throw what? a joke in there, but you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it. it's, so it's, so it's hard to see too. Cause mm. 45, right. At least in a 90, you, you can see the corners of a room. Right. But when with a 45, it's kind of like, it's there. It's subtle. Mm-hmm. 
but it's wow. happening. What about social media? Like I'm like, same thing. Same... Uranus is the ruler of social media because of the internet, and then when you do with Neptune, media is the new. When we talk about social media now, we're really talking about media, right? Or are we talking about just social platforms for people just to communicate on? There's How a... have you like wrestled with that? Like because you are someone who is so yourself and so truthful in that way. Like that's why I built my own network, my own app in 2014. And you was knew? on that train, was it and I li- knew, I yeah. Knew, yeah, and I, I have, the, I have the receipts and the videos to prove and to warn people. I, I was warning people. It's still on on my YouTube. It's on my my app, HighVibe.tv. It's on the website, HighVibe.tv. It's all over. It's at every Conscious Life Expo. It's at all my tours. I, I toured America twice and went around every state and and literally to all the big cities and literally warned people. In 2018 was my last one where I was like, "This is it. You better be prepared. You better be prepared. You better be prepared." And mm-hmm. I gave it from. Every state, like every city, like New York, business to you know Washington D.C. government to Chicago, really, yeah, Future of Astrology with the last UAC that was there, uh, Tennessee. I did uh, about Future of Home and Family, and then Texas. I did the Future of the Future, which ironically I predicted that Texas would be where everybody would go for the damn really, yeah, yeah is that crazy? Yeah, wow. I, I do want to. I want to touch on. God and your relationship with the, the divine, because I feel like we just started talking kind of publicly, more publicly about that. And it's just an interesting trigger for people because of, at least in our experience, we grew up in like Roman Catholic homes and schools, et cetera. So would love to like, just kind of talk about that for a moment, just your relationship with God. And has it always been what it is today? Yeah, I would say my connection to God's never changed. I, I went to youth group just to check out the hot chicks and skateboard <laughs> uh, and watch VeggieTales. VeggieTales, VeggieTales. Wow. But I found my connection with God as far as uh, that it was an everlasting love and compassion and was a guide that always is there for me of of why I'm here and that there's a mission to fulfill for God, that I'm here for God. I'm not here for myself. I'm here for God. And God has a purpose for me. And God has laid out this perfect plan for everybody in their lives. That's how I look at astrology. And so, you know, that that's also opposite of what you hear in astrology communities, right? They're kind of weird with God. And then God people are weird with astrology. So it's like, you know, it's like, what do you mean? They're two in the same, like, like God speaking through the stars. That's the language. That's how God talks. God talks to us every day, right? Even when we like, I don't know, our, our dog does something that reminds us or a bird or a hummingbird flies by. You know, there's things that we say that and, and, and it doesn't matter what religion you are, that there's, a, there's an essence of, of the eternal and that, that it is giving and it is life-giving and it is so beautiful to give us that life every day and to continue to, 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 to bring all this on no matter how crazy we think we think things get that 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 is still loving us and and that is the most beautiful thing and i think when you connect that with especially work like astrology you realize that we're all here with a pre ordained mission to do some beautiful act of this reality in this life that yes astrology doesn't tell you every single thing because that wouldn't be fun to go through this if you knew every moment of it but it is a, it is your Thomas guide back in the day. It is your Google Maps. It is your Google, you know, it is your Apple Maps. It is your, it is your way to understand 
how to make sure that you get to the destinations that God preset for you that are so beautiful and to have each moment and to understand God better mm-hmm. and your life better. And, you know, whether you do it through Jesus or whether you do it through Allah or wherever you go, you're going to notice that the stories are all the same too. And they all are connected with astrology. They all are. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's, what's the most beautiful part of it all is, is like, can people really have those talks? I've been doing it on television and stuff and triggered people for a long time about him, but I don't look at it as a trigger. I just think it's like people, it takes people a minute. And, mm-hmm. and we all were, we all were sub- subjected to programming. Mm-hmm. And, and, and th- that's something that we are all learning to deprogram and just get to, to that essence of God. Cause when you're in that and you redefine from your own definition of things, and that's where the ego is being taken down right now, which actually we need to redefine things. Cause we can't redefine things without an ego. You have to, you have to surrender from it, but then you build the new ego, but that defines, right? Like you have to type in on a file on your MacBook or on a PC and you have to double click it. And you know, that's the ego. Like you have to define things. Or if you write a book, what you have to make the title. It's a noun, person, place, or thing. And you're you're an empty vessel if you're just living in verbs. When somebody I ask in a reading, like, what do you want in your life? I just want to have fun, or I want love, or I want this. It's like, okay, by who and by what kind of thing? Yeah, if you don't fill in the the, the ego nouns, you're in an empty sentence and you're just a mad lib book and you mm. never go anywhere and you're mad. Love that. Mm. Would you look at our charts really quick and tell yeah. us what fucks up? Who wants to go first? Lindsay? Or okay. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> when am mm. I going to make a million dollars? <laughs> well, I think it's pretty interesting. Neptune's exactly in your sun. And Neptune is the ruler of your seventh house. You have that sun right there in your descendant because it's opposite to your Virgo rising. But that's a big deal to be a Pisces and have Neptune exactly on your sun right now. That's once every, you know, 165 year transit, wow. right? And so 2020 was the year that it finally arrived there. This is going to be the year where it also comes to your North Node. It's sitting there 23 degrees, 05. It's going to hit about 22 Neptune this year and get right there to that 23 mark. So for you, this is about, you have big relationship things that you have to figure out if it was working for your lifestyle. That's your big deal because Neptune rules your seventh house relationship and it's coming into there to really be that's the lord of that house neptune because it's pisces seventh house so relationships are your goal with north node there and south node in the first house you know this is about also uncovering your past life issues of like trying to maybe too hard to the virgo rising in the south node of virgo to figure out how you you should be in a certain way and uh especially with partners and 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 maybe like losing your own identity off a certain lifestyle that isn't in the beauty of the dreams that you have, but you are a son in the sixth house. So you are not a typical Pisces, especially with the Virgo rising. I mean, it's very Virgo-ish. You know, you like to have everything figured out, but this is teaching you the ultimate magic is to surrender. And Mm. this is like past life situations of ending up, you know, with relationships of people, whether they're romantic or not that almost are trying to say, no, you should be living it this way, 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 this way. And this is where you have to say no to that. And you do have Chiron at the top of your chart in in, um, in Gemini, which is square to that. You're born with Sun Square Chiron. And Chiron, I think, is the most important aspect of all astrology because that's the hidden key to unlock that the human... Chiron sits between Saturn and it sits between Uranus. 
So that's the two areas of where reality and not being able to see reality and right in between that is Chiron. Mm. And so that's the human experience of what needs to be healed is that you live in a physical reality that we don't know everything about, mm-hmm. but you also understand this other reality that we can't see, but we don't know everything about. We're caught in between. And so for you, it's in your mind about how you make decisions about your long-term goals. And if the struggle and the strife and all these things in your head, the freak out, especially because it's squaring your North node exactly and your South node exactly, 23, 23, 23. You know, this is where Neptune's coming right now this year. And you're going to have to go through the crystallization of realizing that as long as it's stimulating, exciting, and going higher in life and reaching the achievements that you want, and you're with people around you that see that magic and aren't trying to take you away from that magic. You're very, I mean, you got a lot of stuff in your fourth house, especially you got Saturn, Uranus, and and Neptune and Mars down there in the fourth house. You know, you want to, you almost like do too much for people, but you have your own quest of of your message that you have to give. And Mm. that's what you're going to have to face is like, who's pulling from you away? Who's trying to make you to come back into the field and start picking crops you don't want to pick? one. But, you know, you do have Jupiter and you have Venus there in Taurus, right? I mean, and that's in your eighth house. And Uranus just finally passed there. But Jupiter and Saturn met the big grand conjunction, right? That we just saw on December 21st. It exactly squared your Jupiter. Mm. So this is a big thing about your desires and your hunger for what you really want in life that you're afraid to get. That's what the lesson is of happiness. Plus, you're dealing with a big fifth house transit now with all the Aquarius. Mm-hmm. So that's happiness, love, romantic, eighth house, hunger, drive, ambition from a deeper yearning, mm-hmm. edgy place. It's This is your edge coming out now mm-hmm. and how other people deal with it. And if they're going to try and say, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. So you're hungry and you haven't eaten energetically yeah. what you really inside of as a Pisces have imagined. And this is where you either do it or not. Mm-hmm. And it's not the apple from... From uh, from sleep uh, from Sleeping Beauty or whatever, or from uh, Snow White. Mm-hmm. It's not that, because that's almost the fear for you. Like, oh, that'd be like poisonous if I went and yeah. did this mm. like deeper desire of my life of what I really yes. want, or I'm doing something wrong or bad. That's the issue with you. Is like, no, you're here to surrender to that. Especially being a Pisces, just by itself as a solar Pisces, all this Aquarius is like. Yeah, everything that is not divine needs to go. Mm-hmm. Chuck it out. And whatever is divine that you know within yourself, which is going to be edgy, different, weird, crazy, is the story for you. No other part. Alice in Wonderland is definitely a Pisces. Mm-hmm. with probably a Gemini rising, a Sag moon or something like that. So like, you have to realize <laughs> that like you have to go down the rabbit hole more, but just with your own life and your own needs and your own wants. Mm-hmm. You've done it in a lot of ways, but it's like your inner... Mm-hmm. needs and wants and your career will suffer the more you stay not feeding those hungers mm-hmm. true Ooh. or it'll idea. thrive that's beautiful mm-hmm. uh, so Lindsay Libra rising hmm <laughs> It's so, it's so different energies, right? I love reading people's charts because it's like, oh gosh, you know, it's like, you know, with Lindsay, you know, you were lucky to have Saturn and Pluto that met on January 12th of last year trying your son. I mean, and, and, and really, if we look at your chart, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, it's not a lot of hard stuff going on right now. Yeah. Because really, I think for you, you have some big questions, of course, though, because 
there was that grand conjunction in Aquarius and it was on your third house to fourth house cusp, but now it's in your fourth house. And, it, you know, it did make squares to your rising. It did make squares to your Jupiter too. You guys have Jupiter right next to each other, right? Just hers is an Aries. Lindsay's is an Aries at 28. Yours is at zero Taurus. And so 28 is where Mars also retrograded on your Jupiter. And if we look at the ruler of Jupiter in your chart, because you're a Libra rising, it's your third house. So it's like Jupiter's also in your seventh house of relationships. So it's about stimulation in relationships for you. Are you bored? Or is it just an emotional thing that's just kind of keeping there? It might be friends to a lover to whatever, but that's good because questions. You're, you're son in the 11th house. That's a hard life, right? The son doesn't like being in the 11th house because that's outside the kingdom. That's like outside the gates, hanging out with the blacksmiths and hanging out and doing the troth with all the horses and all that stuff. <laughs> when you're in your queen uniform, like, oh my gosh, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to get back into the castle. And so the, that's the thing is you're, you're a helper and you're here to help people. But that's like, you know, a Libra rising with a son in the 11th. Like, it's like, it's like you kind of, you guys both have a similar thing going on. It's just different ways. It's like for Lindsay, it's like, especially your South node is there in Libra, right? At two degrees. Hmm. In the 11th, it's like your North nodes in Aries this life. And Chiron's been over that the last two years. So it's like, you know, this is like you kind of waking up and being like, what have I done? When it comes to kind of like, Again, this is dealing with your own happiness, right? And your own personal life stuff. Because now we're dealing with big personal life things. Jupiter and Saturn and all these conjunctions that are happening right now in Aquarius are in your fourth house. Your emotional home life. And are you really satisfied there? Or is it always helping? Like, what about your own emotional needs? It's not the hunger stuff. Although Neptune just finished the square to your moon. So you've been emotionally all over the place. Like you've got to experience every emotion that there is. Like, you know, we're used to Crayola 64 colors, right? When we were kids, you always use certain colors. This time you had to use the colors you didn't use mm -hmm. over the last two years. Mm -hmm. But that also means that you were emotionally kind of lost. You have an interception in your chart too. You have Cancer and Capricorn, which are intercepted, meaning that they are not defined by a house. So that means that you have two Aries houses and two Libra houses. So your issue this life is dealing with your emotions and the decisions that you make. Yeah. And especially they're for you in your ninth and your third house of your stimulation and the story. So for you, this is like, is the story that exciting? Dealing with people, dealing with your emotions, dealing with helping people, or are you just with people to help them? Did you, do you end up with people just to help them? Mm. Or be their servant? Mm. Like, you know, there's a lot of that. Mm. And that's what's coming up is, are you emotionally ready to have a place where you don't have to be working. I feel that a lot. I'm sorry to a interject. Not our friendship, but I feel that a lot in friendships. Mm -hmm. where I'm Especially kind of the like, 11th I'm house, like right? working. Yeah. The 11th house <laughs> is friendships, right? Clock yeah. in, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't feel that with my romantic relationship, but for sure friendships. I've just yeah. kind of felt like, not bored where I'm, I almost yeah. don't feel the pull to pour into, like we, I have very so, good friends on oh, one yeah. hand. To, I was going to say, that it's that it, because it was, I said it was it's third house stimulation, it's also communication. It's about how to communicate better. Mm -hmm. And you also have Sun Square Neptune, right? So, or Uranus. So, uh, you know, that is even weirder. It's like, 
because Uranus is the ruler of your fourth house. It's like learning how to listen to your emotions and being like, because think about the water bearer. The water bearer only pours water to one cup and then it moves forward to the next cup. And then if somebody goes, I want more water, the water bearer goes, no, I have to keep moving forward. Mm. You go back and you keep pouring water for everybody else once they've already drank the water. But then now there's four people in front that are like, I need one. You're like, oh, oh, I'm out of water. (laughs) This is helping me because I'm a very visual person. So I get it. So, you know, you have to realize that looking at this, that Mars retrograde that just happened in Aries, which we won't see for a long time. We're talking about like three decades. And that one was very rare because we hadn't seen it since 1941. That was in your seventh house on your 28 degrees. uh, And Pluto's getting ready to square that Jupiter, you know, coming up here in the next year and a half. But that rules your third house. It's about communication and relationships Mm -hmm. and how to communicate how you really feel. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's where it's at. And especially you're like, I'm also like you both, Chiron and Gemini. That's our issues. That's where our wounding is. is We don't communicate correctly or we don't, Mm -hmm. or, or we doubt ourselves too much. Or especially with your ninth house stuff, it's like, you know, believe more. And and that you can have it exactly how you want more in your life without having to sacrifice. Because you also yeah. have Venus there in Virgo, which of course is at its fall position. It squares Chiron. So it almost feels like, and you have South Node Venus too. That's some past life relationship stuff of getting trapped and helping too many people and North Node in Aries in the fifth. Like finding what you, where you get your power from and, mm-hmm. and, and, for you, it's not it's not horrible, but Neptune is going to square your Neptune or Uranus all year, and Uranus is the ruler for you of that fourth house. So it's trying to emotionally wake things up. Now, if we use whole sign or we use uh, you know like equal, it's actually your fifth house ruler. So there is a lot going on about your overall happiness and and even romantic stuff that could change things of how to be more dynamic or, you know, mm-hmm. how to bring more, you know, uniqueness to it. And it might just go through, you know, like a whole new different change of how the whole thing works or mm-hmm. maybe you're going to start a family. You know? Yeah. You preg. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> so, you know, like those are the things that are coming up of how to communicate yeah. those things and... Communications. And, and not suffer through... It's kind of funny that both of you have like kind of suffering through like thank you <laughs> relationship stuff thank you i yeah i feel like I most of my sentiment most of my relationship in my life prior just, to this I'll one just i've take been the like 20, 20 seconds and look at the almost 30 chart oh yeah it's almost so 30 chart. it's so funny that i i saw this earlier it's like the north node is actually in the first house that this is where you two find your independent strength mm. That almost 30 is like giving you both your power and it's a new moon, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's a good new moon too with the moon in front of the sun. It's not a balsamic new moon and it's in Virgo and it's, it's, it's here to do great service, but it's actually helping you both figure out your own identities mm-hmm. where you guys get trapped in loss of relationship things or in, in the past or wherever or getting lost in all these other areas. Like this is where you find your clarity and Looking at the chart of, of of where this is going, the Chiron is at 23 degrees. So the Chiron sits exactly, right, 23? Yeah, exactly in Christ's sun. And uh, the Chiron at 23 actually at the same time opposes your son, Lindsay. So like, it's in, it's in the seventh house of relationships. So it's like you guys are here helping others, you know, in many ways being like this really good healing 
aspect for people as friends and people that do the work here for them. But in your guys' own life, you guys are learning major, major healing issues in your guys' own ways of how you deal with relationships in your personal lives. Mm-hmm. That's so true. The truest. Wow. Yeah. Thank it like you for fits that. with us. Yeah. The almost 31 like fits. Yeah. It does. It's a beautiful chart. And 2016 was an awesome year. Yeah. I don't remember 2016, 2016, but... Oh, yeah. That was a good... 2016 was a great year. And especially Mars had retrograded and it, that was done with the retrograde. And I'll never forget 2016. Mars retrograde through Scorpio and Sag. It was pretty intense. And, but then afterwards, that, that, that end of summer was awesome. And that was one of the most normal, awesome little moments. Mm that we had of what we thought was like the old world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you for that. That was yeah, very that generous was amazing. of you. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. nice. Um, last question for me is like, is there hope? It's mm-hmm. <laughs> a good one. <laughs> because I feel like I, I really appreciated the, the clarity on what's happening and what to expect and really the right, not the right action, but just the step towards truth that, you are supporting us in making through the astrology lens. But like, is there hope? Because I kind of felt a little like, oh, I needed to like brace myself a little when you were talking. Well, the funny thing about that question is, what, what what's there to be scared about with truth? Truth is... I know. Truth is like knowing what's what's true and that you're not crazy. That actually... There's nothing to hope for, right? Because you, if you already see the truth, then you have nothing to hope for because hope is kind of a, you know, especially with South Node and Sag this year, all year. So travel and all that. There's, you know, don't have hope for travel and don't have hope for the vacation life right now. This is about us focusing on our, we make our own world and our own realities right now. And, mm. and the focus on your local environment. That's what Gemini is. Smaller space and what's around you and what stimulates you. Okay. Instead of looking for the hopeful, like bigger and getting lost, it's, just, it's like you're not going to find it, right? So hope is like a delusion at the moment because there's nothing to be hopeful for because what's wrong? All there is that's wrong is people that are not seeing truth. And at the end of the day, truth always wins. So it's it, it, like it always wins. So and, and, and the light, remember that this North Node over 20 if I was going to give you hope, if you want some hope. <laughs> 2021 is North Node and Gemini coming into the Pallades star system, which is the light bringer and which is the seven sisters. And it will be through Taurus coming into 2022. 20, uh, and we have Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces that are coming. And so there's these, again, godly energies, beautiful light energy that is around, but only if you see the truth. Mm-hmm. Because right now, if you're on that side that is the follower and not seeing the truth, it's not got any sign anywhere. Astrology is signs. That's all it is, right? Follow the signs. I think it's hilarious because everybody's like, what's your sign? What's your sign? But then everybody says in spirituality, like, oh, you got to follow the signs. It's like, yeah, what? what is the signs? Astrology. Mm. That the signposts are clear. There's no divinity around the non-truth side. They won't even actually talk about the signs. They'll make up signs. This has been amazing. Yeah, truly. A, Thank you. A blast. No, you two are, you two are wonderful. You. This this has been beautiful. I, I really feel that. You know, I feel like we are all almost 30. I feel like that's how life really can feel all the time. Mm. That's so true. 
We talk about that a lot. Yeah. We're so lucky. Thank you. All right. Peace, love. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, David. David Palmer, the Leo King, you can find on YouTube and on Instagram. And then High Vibe TV is his media company. Yeah. And thank you to our sponsors for this episode. As always, just really proud to bring you brands and products that we love and use ourselves. So for this episode, our sponsors are FX Chocolate, Function of Beauty, Sakara, Aloha, and Gravity Blanket. So you can find all discount information in our show notes, as well as on almost 30 Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate and love you. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we release an episode. So make sure you are subscribed and we'll see you on the next one. We'll see you soon.